Welcome back to Over Here. My name's Nick Finzer, and today is another episode of the Meet the Artist series, this time featuring the great drummer Dave Tedeschi. Dave and I go way back. We went to the Eastman School of Music together and even played in one of my first bands from time to time I had up in Rochester, New York. And Dave put out a record in May of 2017 called Tove, and we never got a chance to connect about it. He's been super busy on the road with postmodern jukebox and amongst a lot of other things, his own teaching, uh, playing. But I wanted to go back to it and allow everybody to reconnect with his album Tove and uh, just get to find out a little bit about him. So if you want to see if you want to see what Dave's up to, you follow him on Instagram, follow him on Facebook and check out his website Dave Tedeschi, like the Tedeschi Trucks band but no relation. So without further ado, here's a great conversation I got to have with a friend and drummer, Dave Tedeschi. So today we've got Dave Tedeschi here on the show. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Uh, appreciate yeah. you being here. Um, so for those of people that don't know who you are, can you give us a little rundown of who is Dave Tedeschi? Who is Dave Tedeschi? Well, I, uh, I was born in Wisconsin. I grew up in Green Bay and um, I was lucky enough to have a family that uh, was really, really involved in music. My, my grandma was a choir teacher, and um, I had piano lessons right away when I was maybe five or six, and uh, quickly, uh, I couldn't sit still at the piano, is how the story goes, so I asked my parents to get me a drum, and uh, I started off on snare drum, and um had some amazing teachers all throughout uh, kind of my early years. And then uh, I went to the Eastman School of Music. Well, first I should say my high school, Preble High School, was an incredible place to uh, to be a, a young musician. We had some really great teachers there, and I was involved in orchestra and band and choir, and uh, I really don't take that for granted. Um, but yeah, then I went to Eastman School of Music where I, I met Nick Finzer, uh, <laughs> along with a bunch of, a bunch of other people. And, um, and yeah, that was, you know, an incredible place to be, especially at that time. And, um, graduated. I, uh, I, I knew that eventually I wanted to be in New York, but it just wasn't the right time for me. And I, I moved to Nashville, where I studied with uh, with Chester Thompson, uh, who was one of the, the drummers from Genesis. And um, I also studied with uh, with Jim Riley, who uh, was a North Texas grad who plays in Rascal Flats and his last session work out in Nashville. Um, and then eight months later, I moved to New York. And, uh, and yeah. So that's that's kind of me as a as a musician. I'm also uh, married. I've been married for three years. I have an incredible, beautiful, talented wife, Rachel Hall. Uh, she's an opera singer, and a little plug for her. We just uh, launched her website, and she has some really great music up on her website. Um, and and yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Amazing. So let's. I know you kind of went quickly through all of that so <laughs> which which is great but uh so let's go back what kind of 
was there like a moment when you were growing up where you kind of decided you were going to go and pursue a career in music or was it just something you always kind of knew you wanted to do? Um, man, I, I guess, I guess one of the most important moments, one of the most important people and, and uh, he's, he's a, a keyboardist, piano player. Um, he plays a lot of accordion in New York City. His name's Liam Robinson, and um, he plays with Becca Stevens. He plays with um, his own band called Robinson and Rowe. They actually just released a record um, earlier this week, so the end of August, called Hunger. That's one of the best records that I've listened to in a while. But um, he was a senior when I was a freshman at Preble High School, and he really took me under his wing and... Um, and showed me all types of music and then encouraged me um, at the end of my freshman year to check out this camp called Birch Creek. And it's a, it's a jazz camp that happens in Wisconsin. Um, and, and so I applied and I got in and, um, and I met what would become to be a bunch of my professors. So Jeff Campbell was there. I believe Clay Jenkins was there. Um, Rich Thompson wasn't there that year, um, but I studied with um, just a bunch of incredible people. And um, and I think it was at that camp where uh, you know the the switch kind of got flicked, and I and I realized you know I could do this, and and I want to do this. Um, so yeah, it was it was through that guy Liam Robinson, like I said, and also the the Birch Creek camp. And so was it always you know jazz for you first, or did you have like another way of getting into playing drums and music? Um, it was never it was never just about jazz. Um, my first experience kind of playing in front of people was was at my church that I went to. Um, and I was actually the first drummer at the church. Um, previous to that, it was just piano and sometimes guitar. And um, then I started playing in my youth group. And then the the music team wanted me to play um, with, you know, the, I guess, the worship band on, on Sunday morning. And... Um, and so that was my first experience playing in front of people. And it was an interesting one um, because, because half the congregation loved the drums and half of them didn't. Um, <laughs> and, and I was young. I was like maybe 12 or, or 13 max, and I was dealing with that. But, um, but yeah, to answer your question about was it, was it kind of always about jazz, it wasn't. It was really just about about playing music and about sharing that connection with people. And, um, and it, it was, it was an interesting experience, especially at that young age to have people who didn't like you for what you were doing. <laughs> um, but, but on the flip side of that, a lot of people loved the fact that I, I was playing drums in, in church. And I think it was, it was honestly having those people come up to me and, uh, and sharing the fact that they really appreciated me being there and sharing that with them, that that's kind of what I, I, I got 
I got, you know, I guess addicted to that. That seems kind of the wrong word, but, um, that's kind of what turned me on to music was that connection with people, um, and being able to share that energy. So awesome. And, and so you moved to Rochester from, from Wisconsin and at Eastman, I'm curious to know how you feel like your time at Eastman has either enhanced or informed your career after. Um, yeah, for me, Eastman was, um, I mean, I, I studied with Rich Thompson and I can't say enough about, about everything that he, you know, taught me and, and him as a teacher. And, um, it was, it was really a great experience getting to be around him. I also got, um, I believe three semesters of of lessons like timpani and some snare with um, uh, with John Beck, and that was unbelievable um, to to be to be taught by him. Um, but what it comes down to more than anything is just the connections and the friendships with with the people um, with, with people like you, Nick, and and with. Um, you know, just countless other people, I can really trace every, every project I'm a part of, every band I'm a part of, I can trace it back to, um, you know, Eastman, really. I mean, and, and actually, you know, I mentioned that I lived in Nashville for a very short amount of time. Um, the reason why I moved is I just missed, I missed my friends. I realized that you know, those relationships, um, were the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, with, with those friendships comes trust and comes a certain amount of respect. And, um, I think that those things, you know, trust, respect, and love, um, what, what comes from that is great music. Um, and, you know, I was playing a decent amount um, in Nashville, you know, just a couple months after I moved there, because there is a ton of music there, but I was really missing that connection and that, you know, feeling like I'm, I'm creating something with people that, you know, I really love. Um, so, so yeah, more than anything else, more than, and there were a lot of great things about Eastman, but but more than maybe maybe the education itself or the classes, you know, it was it was just about the, the group of people that that were there at that time. Yeah, I know just I know just what you mean, and yeah. um, so let, let's talk a little bit about that move to Nashville because. Um, I mean, a lot of people I would like move to New York, but uh, so could you ex mm -hmm. kind of go into why you decided to go to Nashville first? Yeah, yeah, I was I was burnt out from jazz, and um, <laughs> yeah, and honestly, sure. and I would say this, I would say this to all my all my closest friends, I was kind of burnt out um, on the hang, you know. Sure. Um, you know, your Rochester is a great place um, because it's small. I think that is actually a strength. Um, and, and 
you are, you know, you're hanging out with the same people that you go to class with and you're, you know, you're living with the same people that you go to class with and you basically are just surrounded by the same people for four years straight. And, um, you know, 75% or maybe a little bit less than that, but possibly around that uh, of my class, you know, graduated and moved right to New York. And there was just something in me that was telling me I just, I just couldn't do that right away. Um, so, so, um, so yeah, I, uh, I just had to, I had to, I had to kind of sidestep there and, and do something different. Um, and so Nashville kind of came to mind because, because honestly I was dating a girl at that point who, um, whose family was from Henderson, no, not Hendersonville, um, I think Murfreesboro. And, um, so I had visited kind of that area and I just, I just kind of dug the, the vibe. I, I missed, um, kind of open space because growing up in Wisconsin, there was just a lot of space and like living in downtown Rochester, there's not much space. So it was the music. It was just having a little bit more, you know, space to, to, to breathe, you know? And, um, and then also going and visiting, uh, going and visiting Nashville, I, I took some lessons and I really, I really got a lot out of spending some time with, with Chester Thompson, especially. And, um, and so I knew that I was going to be able to still play music and kind of continue, um, continue studying and getting better at the drums. Um, and also rent was crazy cheap. Um, so, so that helped in, in the decision too. Um, but I should mention that after, after college, I was, um, I was doing this gig through Alex Graham, who's, who's an incredible saxophonist and, and incredible teacher. He's actually, this has nothing to do with my move, but he's, he's teaching, um, at the Belmont university right now, which is in Nashville. But, um, but I was, I was going up and playing a gig with him at the grand hotel, which is a hotel on Mackinac Island in, in Michigan. And so that was just a completely, you know, uh, you know, one of the most, one of the most important gigs of my, of my, you know, of my life thus far playing every night, with with great musicians at this hotel and just having to show up and just play music at a high level every night um and i did that for six months for for two seasons kind of after graduating and then like i said went to nashville and then after nashville i did the gig again and then moved to new york so um so yeah all these things kind of kind of were set in place and uh and just kind of worked out the yeah it was it was the right it was the right formula for me at that time nice well um, so what what other stuff are you uh kind of getting into these days other other than music i know you have lots of interests other than just playing jazz for sure yeah um 
so so I I'm I'm a part of the the Postmar and Jukebox uh, band, and um, one of you know a couple drummers that that are in the rotation, but. Um, I've been really, really fortunate to be part of that, and um, and I've gotten to see a lot of the world um, because of of the band and and what Scott Bradley has kind of put together. Um, so that's that's probably one of the biggest things. I also play in a in a blues rock band called People versus Larson that um, that plays pretty fr- frequently around New York City. Um, and then I play in a kind of an indie soul band called Kennan Moving Company, which is a bunch of fun. Uh, it's led by this guy, Oliver Kennan, who's a great songwriter, uh, a great front man. And the band is just, just a blast. It's, it's a party at every show. Um, and then I'm fortunate enough to, to play with a b- bunch of other people that are kind of associated with postmodern jukebox. So I play with, uh, Aubrey Logan, um, her record is actually re- is being released today, September first. Um, it's called Impossible, and she's just a force of of nature. She's a trombone player, and she's a singer, and band leader, and composer, songwriter, um, arranger, CrossFit so, expert. CrossFit expert, exactly. <laughs> um, so. I've I played the Montreal Jazz Festival with her just a few months ago, and we have some some dates coming up in September on the East Coast that I'm I'm joining her um, and her band, and I also play with Casey Abrams from time to time. Um, I played uh, a night with Von Smith with a bunch of his new music, which is some of the best songwriting that I've heard recently. He's just a complete force, too. Um, you know, a lot of these people, you, you see them on the PMJ stuff, and, and if that's all they did, it would be, it, you know, it would still just blow you away. But um, one of the most incredible things about Postmodern Jukebox is, is all these people, you know, they have their own their own careers and their own, their own journey, and... Um, so yeah, the postmodern jukebox stuff is is incredible and is really connecting these people to a bigger audience and stuff like that. But um, but on top of that, each of these each of these artists has their own story, and it's been it's been a pleasure to and, and really an honor to be a part of each of their each of their stories um, apart from PMJ. Um, and then aside from all the music, I also um, have a studio of my own students. So I think at this point I have about 10 or 12 students and they're, they're just kind of people that I've, some of them I've been working with for as long as like six years and really super talented young drummers um, to kind of brag about, about some of them. Um, I have a student, Leah Scarpati, that I've been working with for about six years that um, is doing incredible things. She's she's in the Allstate jazz band um, this year, and she's looking to go to school for music. I'm super proud of her. Um, and then I have a student, Alex Lewis, who just won the audition for the, uh, the touring production of School of Rock. So if you see School of Rock... 
he's the drummer in that. Um, nice. Yeah, and then, um, but yeah, I mean, it's my, my youngest student is like in fourth grade, and then I have an uh, older guy who maybe you know late 40s early 50s who plays a lot of drums around westchester in connecticut and um yeah i I just really really enjoy kind of the teaching side of things too so um i wouldn't want to do just the playing i don't think I, i i really i really enjoy kind of splitting up my week and getting to to work with with great students for a couple days a week Nice. And is there any other like non-playing stuff that you're into on a regular basis other than the teaching? Um, honestly, not right now. I mean, when I moved to New York, I was definitely doing some cafe jobs and and um, you know, waiting tables and odd jobs here and there. But um, over time, with the teaching stuff and with with playing a lot in the city. Um, it's just be kind of, kind of become that. Uh, so just for like a reality check for, for, you know, younger people that are listening. So how long did you work those like non-musical jobs before you were able to just do music? When you moved to the um, man, that's a good, good question. At least, at least three years, maybe four, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, it was, it was something that needed to be there and and it was never you know i i actually i actually look at those at those times too and i met a lot of other musicians through making coffee and i met a lot of other musicians you know through waiting tables <laughs> and totally. and and i i i kind of think it's just kind of part of the whole process um and I don't know if I can't really pinpoint anyone in particular, but it seems like people are are kind of ashamed if if they had to go through that too. But I believe that's just part of the whole process, you know. And um, and honestly, it might be it might be something that eventually I might have to go back to something that's not music. I don't know, um, but but it's just part of it, man. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I really actually look upon those times kind of, you know, fondly. It's, it's not something that I would run back to, but, um, but it wasn't necessarily a bad, a bad thing because I was still getting to play a lot and I was still getting to, um, to, like I said, meet, meet a lot of people. Yeah. So let's get to it now and kind of talk about, the record that came out it came out yeah. in may right um or was it april yes yeah, i think it was may it was may okay i think it was may yeah yeah <laughs> so tell us about the about the record who's on it what's it called yeah so um the record's called tove it's actually a uh, a hebrew word i listened to this podcast uh from this guy rob bell um he calls it the Robcast, and uh he has a bunch of interesting people on there and uh, one of the people that he had on was, uh, is actually a rabbi and, uh, they were talking about some interesting Hebrew words and, um, and I remember them talking about the word tov, how, how, uh, how it's this word that comes back, uh, especially in Genesis, 
<laughs> not to get all all Bible-y on you, but um, how it just it's it's this word that that the direct translation means good, but it's it's much more than that. Like the the meaning is much richer, and it means you know he described it as kind of you know when when you're when you're on a hike, let's say, and and you get up to the to the summit, and and yeah, you know the view is is fantastic but it's everything before that you know the, the hike itself and the journey itself and and all the all the all the good and the bad that comes with any any journey and all the sweat and all the all the uh, you know the, the 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 dirt and and all that stuff you know that that is part of of what is good um that's what this word tov is, is kind of tov is kind of describing. So, um, so yeah, it just kind of resonated with me this idea that um, that it's it's really about the journey and it's about all the good and the bad and um, so so yeah, I decided to call it tov. Um, and some of my best friends are, are on the record. Uh, Tom Larson is on guitar and is singing a couple songs. And then um, Spencer Murphy's on bass. Uh, Todd Caldwell is on organ. Wayne Tucker is on uh, trumpet. And then my wife, Rachel Hall, sings uh, one of the tracks. Um, and yeah, we did it all in one day. It's uh, a collection of just a bunch of songs that um, that I I just loved. I, I no originals of mine, but all arrangements um, that I kind of put together with with the guys and um, and yeah, it's just kind of a, a snapshot a snapshot of uh, of that that collection of musicians. And I think it's like a really. To me, at least, I feel like it accurately kind of reflects your varied interests from, you know, kind of the singer-songwriter, Nashville-y kind of vibe to New York jazz stuff. It kind of blends it together pretty pretty nicely. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, was that? Do you think that that was like a conscious choice or just kind of something that it just kind of happened because that's kind of just inside of you? Um, I, I, you know, I think that it was probably something that just happened, but you know, a little bit of both something that happened, but I, I, I spent a good amount of time figuring out who I wanted to be on this recording. You know, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have just a ton of friends that would have done it and would have been down. Um, but those guys, you know, I spent a lot of time playing with and then that collection of music you know, I, I would be getting together with Tom and just talking about my concept, and and he was probably the most um, integral part of the whole project um, because we would just meet up and listen to music, and I would tell him what I was hearing and and how I was hearing it, and and uh, and yeah, I mean. I appreciate what you're saying that that just sounds like it sounds like me because that's what I was I was hoping for and um and I you know I covered some some bluegrass stuff on it which is a little bit 
maybe different than what a drummer usually does because in a traditional sense, uh, drummers aren't really, you know, part of, of the bluegrass scene very much. But um, but the music of, you know, Chris Thiele and, um, and then Jerry Douglas, a, a dobro player. It's a music I've been listening to for a really long time. And uh, I wanted to find a way to kind of cover some of that stuff in a way that that made sense and um and i feel like we did that i'm really i'm still i'm still really proud of, of what the guys did and how they played um and then the, the end result so so is there one track that if you had to point people to go check out one thing from it which which video or track would you send them to um you know the 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 Chris Thiele tune "Raining at Sunset" is is a favorite. I think the guys really really sounded great on that arrangement. Um, and there's a YouTube video of that one, and uh, and then the recording, which you can find on Spotify and iTunes. Um, and then the last track, we were running out of time in the studio. It was getting late. We were all tired. Um, Poor man. That's okay. right. It's it's the it's this the traditional one. Um, just a traditional tune that we did one take of it and it was right. It just felt right. And we, we didn't do any other takes. Um, we, we don't have a video of that one because like I said, it was getting late and the, uh, the guy who was filming it needed to take off. But, um, but yeah, that one turned out really special as well. So nice. Uh, yeah, I see it now. I pulled it up on iTunes. Yeah. Poor man. Yeah. That's, that's the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so people should know, I guess it's probably when they type in, if they don't type in to Dave Tedeschi, that Tedeschi, the Tedeschi Trucks band is going to come up. So they make sure that they type yes. in Dave Tedeschi. Which is, which is a great band. You should spend some time on that one, too. But um, <laughs> but you're not related, yeah. right? I'm oh. not. I'm not. And that's probably one of the most uh, most common questions I get asked. But if, if, you know, Susan Tedeschi or Derek Trucks, if they're listening, and J.J. Johnson can't make the gig, I'm, I'm there. JJ Johnson, the drummer, <laughs> not, not the not, not the, the jazz drummer. drummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured. I figured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, man, is there any yeah. any new music you've been checking out that you would throw out as some interesting things people could check out? Yeah, um, the the Robinson Rowe recording that I mentioned earlier, Liam Robinson and Gene Rowe, um, just incredible music. You can find that on Bandcamp. I'm not actually sure that it's on iTunes or Spotify, but um, but they have they have it up there. Um, and uh, a fellow Eastman grad, Ted Poor, is on this recording that I've been just freaking out about. It's a Kung Vu Kung Vu Trio. Is that how you say it? Um, with Pat Metheny, and it's on None Such. And I think it's pretty new. Um, and man, just <laughs> just unbelievable unbelievable playing by the whole group and it really sounds like a band and i don't know how long they've been playing together like in that formation but um i got that i got that recording maybe two or three days ago and it's it's just i've probably listened to it three or four times in in that short amount of time Mm -hmm. um so that kung vu recording um yeah, I think it's just called yeah. Kung Vu Trio meets Pat Metheny. Yeah, I think. Yeah, have you checked that out? I, I have it pulled up on my phone right now, so I can check. Yeah, it out. 
Yeah. But not yet. It's unbelievable. Um, did you ever get to know Ted at school, or did, or was he? Done? No, he he graduated a couple years before I did, but then every time he would come back to Rochester, because I believe his family is from there, right. I would try to. I, I took a couple lessons with him, and then, and then we just kind of became friends. And I would check him out in the city, and we would hang a little bit. But um, I believe he's out in Seattle now. Last I heard. Um, and he's playing with um, Andrew Bird's band, and he's mm-hmm. also playing with uh, Chris Thiele on Prairie Home Companion. Oh yeah, um, which is really cool. Um, uh, a couple, a couple more, uh, at least one more record I want to mention. Um, this guitar player William Tyler, um, who's a guy that not too many people know about, but uh, he had a record that's called Modern Country that um my wife and i are super into um and it has uh glenn kutch okay i think that's how you say his last name um the drummer from wilco plays on the on the recording okay so um modern country is definitely one that your listeners should check out and then lastly um there's a drummer in new york who i think is just one of the you know, one of the most special drummers um, around. His name is Josh Dion, and he plays a lot with um, with Jim Campolongo and uh, Chris Morrissey on Monday nights at Rockwood. Okay. So you can check out Jim's recordings. But then Josh has his own band called Paris Monster, and um, just incredible songwriting. Um, he he sings and he plays keys and drums at the same time in the band and um just just you know one of the most important voices in my opinion on the drums um so you can check out paris monster and he's he's kind of releasing a single at a time and uh but there's there's at least an album's worth of stuff that you can find online and then a ton of stuff on youtube that you can find as well so nice so what yeah. else is coming up for you? I know we're going to Australia in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I have. I'm always playing with with Tom Larson with People versus Larson. Um, he's writing some incredible music. Um, I I wasn't on this particular gig. He's been working with another drummer uh, named Jordan Rose, but he just played last uh, Monday or Sunday at Rockwood. And I got to hear some of his new music, which sounds just incredible. But we're playing as a duo um, at New Blue, uh, September 6th. I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but um, we're playing at New Blue, uh, opening up for Sofia Urista. And uh, as a duo, I think we're going to do that. Um, but yeah, you can follow People vs. Larson to find a bunch of uh, that stuff uh ken and moving company has a new record that will be out in the next few months that i'm really excited about um so you should look for that um for, you know playing with with aubrey logan uh at rockwood coming up um and and yeah and then looking forward to a couple months i'm going to be just playing and and teaching and hanging in new york november and december so 
so yeah, not much touring at the end of the year, but really looking forward to being home. So yeah. And so what's the best place for people to find you? Um, you know, I try to keep up to date on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm not too, I'm not on Twitter very much. I can't, can't do them all, but, but Facebook and Instagram are probably the best. And, uh, just at Dave Tedeschi. Is that right? I forget. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Well, Dave, thanks so much for talking today. I appreciate your time and, um, yeah getting to talk about the record so that's drummer and arranger dave tedeschi talking about his latest album tove t-o-v you can find that just search for it on spotify or itunes or apple music and uh, take a listen check out those albums that dave was suggesting there's a lot of cool music in there i'm definitely going to check some of it out and so special thanks to dave for you know letting us talk to him today and so we could get to know him and find out more about his music and the album Tove. So see Dave on the road with Postmodern Jukebox and his own projects coming up this fall and make sure you go to the Outside In Music YouTube channel so you can see all the cool things that are happening over there and check out all the great releases coming this fall. A lot of uh, really interesting music coming out. So thanks again for your time and attention and we'll see you here next time.